0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: Hey, good morning, everyone. You found your way here through the fog. Congrats. Congrats. It's a good start to the day, yeah? Fantastic. Hey, uh, next week we start a new series and uh, I've been looking forward to that one for a while and it's prompted a lot of thoughts that I want to share on today leading into it. Next week it's, it's about how the little things in our life often we think are trivial, but if we're faithful with the little things that God does the big things. And I uh, like the, the, the saying that I've heard before, if we do little things as if they were big things, God will do the big things as if they were little things. And uh, it's been playing in my mind for a few months now and I've, I've shared about it in different settings around our church and different teams and things, but this question that's constantly been running through my mind is, is how am I responding to Jesus? What is my response? I, I have a reasonable understanding, for, for me I think anyway, of, of who he is and what he's done for my life. And I come back constantly to going, okay, now that you know that truth and you've experienced, you've encountered God, You know what's laying before you and you know what he's doing within you. And I've been challenging myself regularly over the last few months with this thought of going, so what is your response to that today? In this situation, what is my response to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? In in this kind of moment with kids or in this kind of area with finance or this what's going on in the world when I open my news app and how am I going to respond to the fact that well, Jesus is above it all. The grace that I've been given and the power of the Holy Spirit in this moment, how I respond when, when I'm not feeling great or when I'm feeling fantastic, what is my response to who Jesus is, to what He has done and to what is laying before me? Because the gospel still has the power to save, it still has the power to change us. And it does so much good work within us, doesn't it? And many of you would have encountered that. You've experienced it over and over again, the fact that the good news that Jesus Christ is is real, the the news that he's restoring us, that we are being set free from the things that hold us back. This is good news. It has power to save and to change. Now, I've been thinking of going, well, that's great. I can, I, I've known a lot of this for a lot of my life and sometimes it can just become the normal beige kind of Christianity but I've been challenging myself going okay Doug today or in this setting how are you responding to the situation in front of you knowing all that Jesus has done knowing what Jesus is asking of you knowing that he's put something within you Knowing that there is good news, that knowing that your words have power, knowing that you can step out by faith and see things happen, knowing that He is the King, that He is the Lord, and that if you are faithful in the little, He will be faithful in the big. And so I keep challenging myself, and I I, I feel like it's my duty to share that challenge. (laughs) So you're like, oh, bummer. Yeah, well, tough. Um, Is how do we respond to this? Because God does a lot within us. He produces a lot of things in us. There's a thing called the, the fruit of the Spirit, yeah? It's this is the Holy Spirit. When, when we are in God and he's in us, that there is this fruit that is produced. And if you've been in primary chapels here, you'll know the song that goes with it. Everyone sing it, ready? No, I'm kidding. Your kids will be singing it, which is great, isn't it? It's one of the easiest tools that helps me remember all of them, is a the song. I'm not going to sing it. That's, that's the song our band's closing in today. <laughs> but it produces this fruit within us and that has an outflowing quite often, but man, it helps us with patience. It helps us with love. It helps us with, with peace, being people of joy. But it's not just supposed to be something that's produced in us. It is something that is, has to be produced from us as well. That response, there is an outworking to the work of God in us. The way I keep saying it is, is that God has worked things into us, we have to be working them out of us as well. That it's very rarely, I think if, if there might not be an exception, but that anything that God does in our life is not supposed to stay there, it's supposed to come out of our life. When God answers a prayer, we can just sit on it and go, oh, isn't that good for us? But can I encourage you that that is not just for you, it is for you to share it's for you to tell people. It's by that testimony that all of a sudden people find faith and hope again. It's by us sharing it that all of a sudden we start stepping out in faith again, not just sitting back going, "You remember? oh, I can remember what God has done, but it's going, no, I'm going to share what God has done and show other people what God can do. So how do we respond? How do we work this out? Because it's not just fruit in us, I believe that it's gotta be fruit from us. In fact, it's the fruit from us that reveals what is actually inside of us, Yeah. What's the best, easiest, quickest way to find out if a tree is an apple tree? <laughs> if it's got apples. <laughs> and that's got to be the same with us as well. I think that what's the best way to know that there is fruit within us? Well, is there fruit from coming from us? And in fact, the Bible, as much as it talks about what God does in us, Jesus specifically talks a heck of a lot about the fruit that should be produced out from us. you so he's saying, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is what, what the sign of someone who is growing in Jesus, signs of uh, this evidence, this not just like go put it on, but it's, this is the stuff that will naturally come if you're filling yourself with the right thing and you are focused on, on making a difference. This is what will come, flow from us. And I think that it is radically important for our lives, for our families, for this city, for our eternities that we understand that we are to be a fruitful people. That we are called to be a fruitful people. If we follow Jesus, we are fruitful people. Making that decision, saying, I will be a fruitful person. That I'm not just going to rock up and go through life and tag on a Christian name badge, but I will be a fruitful person. In my family, it will bear fruit. In my words, in my prayers, they will be prayers that bear fruit, not prayers that are so vague no one could figure out if they've been answered or not. No, I will be a fruitful person and God is expecting a fruitful church. And I'd love us to be those kind of people that make up our mind and say, I'm not going to make an appearance, I'm gonna make a difference. We are fruitful people. And to kick us off, I'm gonna read this parable, story that Jesus told and many of you might know it, it's found in Matthew 25. He says this, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Now this is, this is God. He called together his servants, which is us, and this is key because it's talking about his servants. He calls three of them, and all three of them are his. They're people close to him. This isn't two, two of his people, and then one random person outside of his house. These are three people all within. So here he's talking to what is now known as the church. He's called together his servants, which is us, and entrusted his money uh, to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. In another, another book, it talks about these bags of silver as being talents, which is a word uh, used to uh, as a measurement amount. So about 35 kilos. It's not an insignificant bag of money, is it? <laughs> 35, well, I suppose these days, with inflation, it's about 30 kilos now. But it's still a significant amount of of silver, isn't it? Anyway, 16, it says the servant who received the five bags of silver went to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account on how they had used his money. The servant whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, "'Master, you gave me five to invest, "'and I have earned five more.' "'The master was full of praise. "'Well done, my good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful in handling this small amount, "'so I will give you many more responsibilities. "'Let's celebrate together.' <clears throat> the servant who had received the two bags of silver "'came forward and said, "'Master, you've given me two bags of silver to invest. Uh, I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more. It's actually not that bad. Hey, but thank you. (laughs) It might be annoying for you guys. Sorry. Yes, she is. It's the most response I'll get all day. Yeah, it is annoying. He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man investing crops, uh, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. All of it, except, as I said, with inflation. says, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given. How good is that? And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken. And throw this, oh, this is harsh. But this is red letters in the Bible. Just like John three sixteen is in red from the mouth of Jesus, so is this. It says, "Now throw this you useless servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Now, this is a very real parable from very real Jesus, but he's kind of talking to us a bit about being faithful and being fruitful people. Now, it's easy to jump straight to the third guy in this story, and as I said, this third one wasn't some, some person in the story that he's like, oh, I've got two good Christians and then this one dodgy one. No, he's saying, hey, these are three people who are in my kingdom. They are my servants, they are mine. They, I am theirs and they are mine. He's talking to the church here, and it's easy to pick on him, but what I want to stop and just reflect on for a second is something a bit more significant than that, and it's the fact that all three of them were given something significant. All of them. It wasn't, there were two favorite superstar Christian celebrities kind of that, that got all the glowing reviews and then someone pushed around the corner that's just got to scrap and fight to, to kind of make an impact for God and, and to be seen by Him. No, no, all three were significantly invested into to proportion of their abilities. God didn't overload them and say, I expect so much more from you. I expect five bags in return from a one bag person. No, He said, no, I, I'm giving to you exactly what, you need. I'm investing into you something significant and something necessary, something that is heavenly into each one of us. And here's the thing: is that so many of the people that I run into feel that they've been giving nothing. When the story here, Jesus is saying, Everyone in my house has been given something significant. Every one of my people has been, been inherited something just just life-changing, something, not not a throwaway tip, but something unique, something necessary in this world, something important. Some of us, sometimes we we get a bit bummed out that someone else down the aisle might be more gifted. It doesn't mean that we haven't been gifted at all. We get a, a bit annoyed that others get a bit more attention rather than remembering that I just have to be faithful with what I've been given, not faithful with what other people have been given. One of the biggest challenges I, I got when I was younger was um, you, just making sure, he said, look, if you, you know, I'll word it a bit better because they were a bit harsh to me, but <laughs> he said, just make sure that you are not a five-talent person living a three-talent life. It's because sometimes we just go, well, you know what, they're getting the attention the expectations on them, and I can kind of float into the background and just sit in the distance, I can just do my little part. But the point that this person was trying to make to me, whispering it in my ear was, if you've got more in you, if God has given and gifted you more, come on, let's go with it. Let's not neglect that God has given us something. This isn't like a pressure thing, this is a celebratory thing going, how good that my God has seen me as capable of handling what he has given me. I think that's the beauty of the gospel because if it were up to me, I would give someone like me zero. (laughs) I look at myself and go, God, even one, could you just half a bag for me? Let's start with half a bag and let's see what goes on there. But he goes, no, I've given you something. I've gifted you something. I put something significant within each one of us. And that is good news. And I love that it is rewarded. I'm I'm competitive, guys. And I like prizes. I love winning. I like rewards and all these things. And it says here that those who are faithful will be rewarded again. I like Philippians 3. I talk about this a lot as it comes up. It says, come on, let's press on towards the prize. There is a goal. There is a prize in here. If you throw it up on the screen for me. In three, two, one, bam. Look at this. It says I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on still to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. I keep going. I don't sit back. I don't just cross my arms and see. No, no, I'm going to be a fruitful person. I'm going to be a faithful person. I'm going to continue to press. Even if I'm not perfect, I'm moving forward. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive a prize, a heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. See, this is not just being whipped by God and then hopefully we get to the end and see what happens. No, this is a calling from God saying, I've given you so much, come on, come this way, that the faithful, come on, are rewarded. The faithful, the fruitful are given more, that we live in an abundance. I want to live in this inverted kingdom called earth, right, where it's give me something first to prove it and then I'll go. Whereas I find God's kingdom is saying, come on, take a step and I'll be here. Oh, let's be faithful and then I'll reward. I'll keep pouring out a blessing. I'll keep giving and giving till it overflows. Even though other people might be getting more attention and seem more gifted, we just, let's focus on us being faithful with what God has given us. No matter what I feel, I have been given something of great worth. Come on, church, I need you to be able to say this. No matter what I feel about myself, no matter what I feel about my situation, no matter what I feel about my level of giftedness compared to other people, no matter what I think about it, I have been given something of great worth. As Paul said to Timothy, come on, don't neglect the gifts that were given to you. Don't make light of it. They are not inconsequential. They are seriously consequential. I'm here on purpose and for a purpose. So I want you to think about what are the kinds of gifts, what are the things that I've been given that I could be fruitful with? What are the resources that I have that if I were to ask, how am I responding to God in this area? That we've all been gifted with great and blessed with great resources, haven't we? We've got lots of money. We've got lots of time. We've got... These opportunities, we have influence with other people's lives and and our own families. We've got all of these things that we've got, talents within ourselves. I've been gifted the Holy Spirit. I'm a person of love. I'm a person of joy. I've got my words, which are powerful. There's so many areas that if we start to think, Lord, how can I respond to the good news of God today? With what I have in my hands, we go, well, you know what, I don't, I'm not a great singer, so I'll never make it in God's kingdom. But you've been given far more than just a vocal ability. Yeah. I love music. Music is a gift of mine, and I love it, and I just, if I didn't do this so much, I would be doing that a lot more. <laughs> I love it. But I remember in prayer one day, I, I was saying to God, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have only used one of the things that you've given me. So I'll be happy to be fruitful with it and try to be fruitful in some other areas as well. Even though I prefer that, <clears throat> what have we been given to respond with? So, like Mark Batterson's line here, he says, "Too many people live as if the goal in life is to arrive safely at death, thinking that we might have another chance for this week to scorn." to redo something that's, that I had the chance to do. That we just, would we'll play it safe and see what happens, but I don't want to be that person. And I'm not, this isn't a beat up. This is, a, come on, this is a spurring on and encouraging that there is actually far more in us than we give it credit for. That God has put far more things and far more value within us than we give him credit for. That if we were to, to keep stepping with faith and you go, well, this doesn't feel significant. Come on, there is no insignificant step of faith in God's kingdom. Everything is a warfare step. Every little bit of advancement is moving the kingdom of God forward. If we could grab hold of this and not just, well, I'll just play it out. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my life and then I'll tag God in. That I'll respond when, when a nice song's playing and I'm not gonna respond at another time. I'll respond in one area of life, but man, I, man I'm tired of hearing about that. I, I wanna be someone who is just willing to have iron sharpen the rough edges off me. And God, where can I continue to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ? You have this understanding, this revelation that, that what God has already done for us, what Jesus did on the cross and that resurrection, what he's already given within the Holy Spirit is far more than what he could ever give me in any other area. And so anything that I have, how can I respond with it? Any bit of time and any gift that I have, let's respond because he's already given us so much more. So how can we, well, I think we should be fruitful. And actually the word Jesus used, he was faithful as you'll notice. The master comes back and says, well done, good and faithful servants, isn't it? That's a little prelude, that's a preview of what we wanna hear when we stand before him in heaven. Now there's an intentional connection here, I believe, that Jesus is showing the story of, this, we stand before him one day in heaven and wanna hear well done, good and faithful. Well, let's look at this story of what he de- deemed as faithful. If we want to hear that one day, let's, let's see who heard it in this parable because he's painting this picture for a reason, not just to see if he can get people moving, but there is intentionality here in our life and for our eternity. This is a preview. He said one guy, the guy with the one talent, this is what I learned a while ago, the guy with the, the one talent is faithful in the way that we use the word. Now, like a loyal old dog, he's such a faithful dog. I have one dog that's faithful, one dog that is annoying. But I have a faithful one. He loves us. He's always there. He'll he'll follow me around. He'll be a lovely and faithful dog. But that isn't really the definition that Jesus is using here someone who was just there. Otherwise, the guy with the one talent, the one bag of silver, would be deemed as faithful in the way that we tend to use the word. Hey, he didn't run away, he could have. I assume 35 kilograms of silver would have bought a decent boat to get to Bora Bora. <laughs> and just like, I'm out of here, see you later. He didn't run away. He didn't splurge. He didn't kind of go, Well, I'll just take a commission off the top and I'll, you know, buy a, buy a race donkey or something. Like, no, he, he was faithful with what he had given, exactly the way we define faithfulness generally. He wasn't kind of nasty. He did have an incorrect perception of the master, though. As you can see, when he came back, his first immediate response was to blame the master for his disobedience. Because then the man with the one bag of silver said, I knew you were a harsh man. As if saying, it's your fault. So he had a, the wrong perception of it. But he was faithful in the sense that he was, wasn't... L- didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything wrong, didn't steal it, didn't lose it, and yet he was still called wicked, lazy, and disobedient. Not because he wasn't consistent, and not because he wasn't present, but it's because he wasn't fruitful. See, God's definition of faithfulness is, is really fruitfulness. He needs to be fruitful with what he was given. In fact, uh, studying this out, they, a lot of a lot of the theologians would say that he believed that what he was given was insignificant in comparison to the others and that it was inconsequential, the fruit that he would produce from it anyway. Because let's be honest, what what, what fruit could be produced by one bag of silver? Well, what's shown is another bag would have been significant. See, and I've found myself stuck in church so many times throughout my life even within ministry, of just going, I don't think that I'm that gifted. Therefore, I don't think it's that important if I do anything. Because even if I do do something, what's the impact? I don't know if you've ever felt that way. If those are the thoughts that have ever run through your mind of going, does it really matter if I'm involved? I'm not that good at it, they're much more talented. I come in, oh look, everything is taken care of. Does it really matter? But we come back to this point that each one of us has already been gifted something significant and necessary in God's kingdom. That it wasn't just a a small little overflow from heaven, but it was a significant endowment from our Father. See, let's not use the word faithful as something that is just loyal and doesn't go, but see the way Jesus used it as a verb in fruitfulness. See, Jesus used the word actually faithless a few times as well which is great, because he used it in in times that I would just go, they gave it a shot, Jesus. But he used the word in in times to kind of point to, this isn't about how good you are, this is about how good I am and if you trust me. He used the word you with little faith when someone failed walking on water. No, sorry, he successfully walked on water and then started to drown. (laughs) Oh, you have little faith. He used the same word of faithlessness when they couldn't successfully cast a demon out. And here's the thing, it wasn't the fact that they were like, you weren't good enough to do it, but it's you didn't trust that I would follow through with this. And this is where I've caught myself so many times that I've been faithless or fruitless with my prayers. This is my experience, is that there's someone sick or injured or something, and I, I have an understanding that if I pray, they could be healed, but I don't pray because I assume that they won't be. Have you ever been there? Is that I've been scared to give, and sometimes I've held back in generosity throughout my history, because I go, well, if I give, don't, I go backwards, don't I? If I give, I get less, but in God's kingdom, it says, if you give, I'll look after you. And so I I hold back because I don't fully trust that the look after you part will come. And this is the term that, well, God starts using of going, you're being faithless or fruitless. He says, come on, let's be fruitful people. Let's be people who trust in God. Let's be people who take that step towards him and say, you know what, it's not about how good I am, but I trust that God is very good even in someone like me. That God can do the miraculous even through someone who botches a prayer up, someone who kind of half heartedly, hesitantly takes a step of faith, and yet God is so good and faithful that He can do great things when I'm faithful in little things. We are to be a fruitful kind of people. And we have something to offer and we are here, as we keep saying we're here on purpose and for a purpose. We're not just supposed to exist, but we're supposed to prosper. We're supposed to win, to bring some heaven down to earth. There's a very famous Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Again, there's the definition for you, that you have been gifted something significant. We've established that. And God sees you as his masterpiece. Can I just for a side second here, is, can I encourage you to stop arguing with God about his definition over you? I do it all the time. We call it insecurity, the Bible would call it pride. Going, I need to align my thoughts with God's thoughts. And when He looks at me and says, I see a masterpiece, blemishless, perfect in my eyes through Jesus Christ. And I stand there and go, what are you talking about? No, no, I need to come back and say, God, show me what you see. I'm not insignificant. I haven't been gifted something poor and pathetic, something that I could just push aside. I'm not, none of us, we should be saying, I am not the kind of person who gets away through life with nothing to give. No, but I am the masterpiece of God with something significant to offer. He says, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can what? Do the good things. Do the good works that He planned for us. See, God didn't create us for bad works. God didn't create us for none works. He created us for good works. More than just fruit within us, but fruit from us as well. See, another time that Jesus showed this, real quick, is two two disciples wrote this down. It was pretty significant. Matthew and Mark wrote about it. Um, And this account was kind of sandwiched in between two visits to the temple where they're going to the temple, see people who are worshipping God and offering things to God. And this, this is squeezed in the middle. So they left the temple and in Mark 11 verse 12, this is what it says. It said, The next morning they were leaving, leaving Bethany and Jesus was hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm spiritual. I'm just like Jesus. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And then Jesus said to the tree, may no one eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Anyway, they, off they go into the temple. Jesus pulls out a whip, goes Indiana Jones, flipping tables, cracking whips, uh, seeing essentially what he had seen in the tree. Uh, and then comes back, they retreat from the temple. And the disciples noticed what had happened to the tree. It had withered up and died in a very short amount of time. Now, the time that this story took place was uh, in mid-April. That's when they kind of line it up, knowing what happened before and after this. It was about mid-April. And in March in this region, these trees uh, produce these small green buds. Not figs, but they produce other, other types of fruit, these small green bugs, uh, buds um, that are followed by big leafy green leaves, leafy leaf. And so the, the visual of a big leafy leaf reveals that there are fruit on the tree. Not figs, but something there, edible. And so Jesus was going to and from the temple all this week. And this was also the problem he started seeing in, in, in the t- people at the temple, <clears throat> is that they were leafy but they weren't bearing the fruit. And see, it's one thing to be a leafy Christian, but I believe that we are supposed to be fruitful people. And my desire for my life is that I'll be a fruitful person, is that I've gotten away with it for a long time of just being leafy. Man, on paper, I keep thinking if there were like a church draft, man, some of us would get picked up because of our leaves, yeah? But I want to be a fruitful person. I want my family to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful with the things that God has entrusted me with. That Lord, if I've been blessed financially, let me be fruitful with it. I've been blessed with health. Let me be fruitful with my life. I've been blessed with influence and a sphere of people that, that I can talk to comfortably. Let me be fruitful with that. Lord, I've been, been blessed with, with other gifts. I want to be fruitful with it that I'll stand before you one day and you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and leafy one, but someone who was bearing fruit. And I believe as a church, I know it because it's in the Bible so clearly that we are to be a fruitful church. Not a church filled with leaves, but a church filled with fruit. And I wanna encourage us to take stock every now and then, or maybe just today, and go, Lord, how can I respond to you today? How am I responding to the work that you've done in my life? Because I wanna be adding fruit to the leaves. I don't need, I don't, I'm not trying to get rid of and strip away everything. I'm not trying to get rid of whatever it is that I've become and, and pull all the leaves off. But Lord, how can I add fruit to this? How can I be someone who is faithful in your eyes? Because as I said before, we are not created to make, a di- uh, make an appearance, but to make a difference. Not just to look the part, but to be it. Uh, here, I've let's not have be people who have the look of Christ without the life of Christ. Come, what we've been given is significant. This world needs it to flow out from us, not just be kept within us. And so how will you be fruitful people, church? Not just this week, but just moving from here. I don't care about the past now, I'm concerned about your future. See, often we're using our situation and our past as an excuse, but I believe that Jesus is looking at our potential. And so from this point on, let's be make this commitment. I want to be fruitful. So how can you be fruitful with your resource, with your prayers? when you're serving with your gifts, or even if you're not sure what that is, would you just serve with this heart for God? Wherever you are, with, at home, at work, when you're in church, wherever it is, just going, you know what, I don't know if I'm good at this or bad at this, but I do know that I love God, and I'm gonna give it a crack. Come on, leading people towards Jesus and making disciples. Have, let's be fruitful, at the end of our life, we look back and we can see our fingerprints on dozens or hundreds of people going, Jesus, I was fruitful. I, I multiplied what you had given me. Let's not just be loyal. Let's not just be present, but be fruitful. To make a difference, not just in appearance, to not just be leafy, but to bear, to bear fruit. Because that's what we've been given. We've been given something great, church. So would we be faithful with it? Let me pray for you. Hey? Father, I thank you. Lord, that you have given us something Lord, each one of us have been gifted. Each one of us is called. Lord, anointed and pointed for this time that as your handiwork and as your masterpiece, that you, you've given us all that we need to do the good works that you, you assigned us long ago. In other words, you saw 2022 coming and said, I'll put them in this place because they have what is needed in the world. Lord, so I pray that as a church and as your people, that we can continue to be faithful and fruitful in these areas. That we don't sit back and kind of just observe. That we're not a people who just kind of cruise through it with with a Christian name tag on. But we are those who are moving closer to you and Lord, growing in this. so I pray that today in this week, that you help each one of us take these little steps of faith forward. Not to, not to reach the end today, not to get to the end, as Paul says, that, that I'm not perfect yet, that I'm not there yet, but I press on today. Lord, as we wake up tomorrow, we go, well, I'm not there yet, but I'm pressing on today. I'm moving forward today. Lord, help us with that. Lord, that we'll hear, good, well done, good and faithful servant. As every eyes close, the head's bowed. maybe you've never asked God into your life before because this is really where it all begins is knowing God It's taking that step towards him first to say Lord I haven't responded before this is the first response this is the greatest response of us God come into my life and show me help me become all that you created me to be Regardless of your past and your sin, come on, let's move forward to today saying, Lord, I want to know you. Jesus, I wanna know you for myself, not just about you, not just because of my family, but me personally, I want to know you and see what you can do in and through me. Now, if that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you, show you a prayer that begins this relationship with Him, changes your life, takes that past, that sin, wipes it clean in God's eyes and lets you move forward a brand new person. If that's you this morning. I'd, just, I'd love to pray for you. So, would you just raise your hand in the air as an outward sign of this inward decision, saying, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. Come into my life. Change me. Awesome. Fantastic. Or oh, just one more moment. Anyone else? Fantastic. That's so good. Fair. Great church. Would we celebrate with these people this morning? Come on. It's such good news. And if you're a believer, could you pray with these people as well that this is not just them, they're not just in it by themselves, but we are all in this together growing. But I want to pray for you, show you an example of a prayer. But Father, I thank you that you have revealed yourself to us this morning. Lord, I pray that as we move closer to you, that you reveal more about who you are and who we are. Lord, I pray that, uh, that we find freedom in you, Lord, that our past is wiped clean with what you did on the cross, Jesus. We're so thankful for that. Lord, but bring us into our future. Lord, help form us into the person you created us to be. Lord, the old is gone and the new has come. Lord, let us be a fruitful people in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.